It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Here's what I mean. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, so check this out. Hello, this is a pre-recorded message from Gary Richards. Please press 1 to play. Hey, Mr. Greensburg, we have confirmation that you've been selected for a one-in-a-lifetime opportunity to explore the inner walls of our newest lab. I'm sure you were filled in on what exactly all of us will be working on in the near future. If not, <laughs> just know that it has something to do with Alice. Have a good one, Nick. Can't wait to hear from you. That was the voicemail on my phone from Garrett Richards. He's one of the top software engineers at MIT. I knew him since freshman year of college. We were both in the IT field, but man, was he smarter than me. He got a full ride to MIT through his crazy robot that could climb up stairs that he developed and engineered in high school. This kid had to be a genius from out of the womb. Anyways... That phone call was about a program that's still in the dark, away from the public. They introduced it as an artificial intelligence startup. The goal was to design a program that could answer every question mankind threw at it. It would have more information than any search engine combined. Look at it this way. If I gave you a million dollars in cash and placed all of it in front of you, then say, every dollar there divides up into pennies, and that's the amount of information that Alice had. Take the dark web, every search engine, every piece of information on this earth. I wasn't told this before it was too late. Two weeks before. After accepting the job offer from Gary, I put my phone back into my pocket. Yes, Gary runs the team, otherwise I wouldn't accept the invite. The location of the lab was classified. He sent me a link with a plane ticket, which was for tonight at 10. A few hours later, I packed my bags and locked my doors up to head to the airport. After getting out of the Uber, which took a half hour, I stretched my legs and I grabbed the nearest airport employee to ask them a question. Excuse me, do you know where Terminal Class A is? Of course, it's right down those stairs to the right. He gestured to take me there, but I reassured him I was okay. I walked down the stairs for my eyes to meet up with a sign saying, Class A Terminal. I walked over toward the attendee taking care of the tickets. I reached my phone out, which had a barcode to scan. Here you are. I have a carry-on, so no worries about weighing my bag. Okie dokie. Just let me print out a label for your carry-on then. It'll only be a moment, sir. Okay. Take your time. 
After he was finished with printing the label out, I walked up the stairs to get to security. This was fairly easy because someone gained my attention by waving me over. I walked over towards the woman waving me over. Hi there, are you Mr. Greensburg? I chuckled out of surprise and I told her, yeah, that would be me. I reached my hand out to meet hers. We made eye contact and I quickly read her name tag. It said Sarah. I'm Sarah. I'll be showing you to your aircraft. Follow me. We went through this door after she scanned her keycard bypassing the long dreaded lines of security. We began to divert away from the majority of the people when I asked, Could I ask exactly where we're going, Sarah? She turned around, replying, Of course. Your flight is scheduled to leave in Hangar 1 at 10 p.m. I glanced at her with a confused face. What do you mean by Hangar 1? Well, all private flights are stationed in our hangars. I'll be driving you over there. As she said this, we entered another door, but this time it proceeded outside in the dark, cold air. We got onto this tiny golf cart, which couldn't have driven faster than maybe 20 miles an hour. And after driving across the tarmac, we were heading towards Hangar 1 with lights coming out of it. When we arrived in the hangar, I was greeted with my best friend Gary and his assistant, I'm assuming. I ran up to him, greeting him with a hug, and we exchanged conversation. It's so great to see you. What made you decide to fly private? I said. It's the company's jet, not mine. <laughs> we all laughed. This is my assistant, Grace. I shook her hand, and Gary said to us both, Let's get on the jet now. We got extraordinary work waiting for us. Gary, Grace, and I all walked up the tiny steps of this multi-million dollar private jet where we were greeted with the attendant of the flight. She offered us all some champagne, and with a drink in our hands, we clinked the soft edges of the crystal glass together, celebrating Alice for the first time. Cheers to Alice, with many more to come. During the flight... It was mostly partying with a few discussions about the project. I currently had no clue where we were going, but the anticipation of seeing the lab for the first time grew in me. We landed a few hours later on this tiny airstrip. The temperature of the air decreased and was now very cold outside. I'm assuming we were somewhere in the mountains because of the temperature and the thick air. We were definitely elevated a good amount and we were surrounded by vegetation. There was a black SUV waiting for us to land. Gary was greeted by the driver of the car and we all got in. We had to be driving for hours through the forest until we finally arrived. The long-awaited secret laboratory that we would be engineering the smartest AI yet. We slowly pulled up to the gate where two armed guards checked the car for explosive devices and reviewed our papers. I heard a loud siren play as the gate opened. There were red lights posted up against the gate's border, just flickering. We pulled up to a large front wooden door where a man with a white lab coat appeared within the doorframe. We all got out and proceeded inside where the man showed us where we would be staying. He finally showed me my room, upon which I promptly fell asleep at the foot of my bed. The well-deserved sleep was interrupted by three sharp knocks. What? Wait, who? Who is it? I asked as I squinted at my watch. Gary, we're about to go to the eating quarters if you'd like to get some breakfast with us. Damn, breakfast? I slept through the entire night? I thought it was only a couple of hours. Yeah, I'll meet you guys down there. I'll be five minutes. 
Half asleep, I get out of bed with my clothes from yesterday still on and walk towards my bathroom. I started to look for the handle to turn the shower on, and then a voice spoke from a speaker above my shower. Hello, Mr. Greensburg. Would you like me to turn the shower on for you? I was shocked at what I was witnessing. My jaw was open, and I spurted out the words, Yeah, yes, please, turn the shower on. Just like that, I heard a high tone like two piano keys playing, then my shower turned on. After I got done showering, I headed downstairs toward the eating quarters when I passed a room with glass surrounding the outside. It was this sphere directly in the center of the room glowing with this blue aura inside, just pulsing. It almost seemed like a heartbeat of some sort. I then heard Grace yell for my name from down the hall. I walked over towards her, and then she showed me to the table where Gary was sitting. It was Gary, Grace, Dan, and I, all working on this together. Grace introduced me to Dan, our network manager. Hey, it's nice to finally meet you, Nick. We shook hands, and I replied, Nice to meet you, too. I heard you keep this place up and running with those crazy fiber optics you have here. No kidding, that would be me. I heard you aren't too bad with search engines and the database behind them, huh? I grinned and I said, that's why Gary wants me here, (laughs) to keep Alice as smart as possible. I got my lunch and sat back down to join in on the conversation. Gary was speaking when I sat down. The only way that would be possible is if we allowed access to the portal, Dan said. Okay. Well, we only know if we try, right? Grace answered, if Alice could have the potential to do that, then why don't we go further? I interrupted her. What were you guys just discussing? Gary looked over with a smile and he said, We were brainstorming if Alice could potentially simulate this reality within the virtual world. That would be extraordinary. Can I see Alice? I asked. Gary looked around at everyone and said, Yes, we are all going over there right now, so follow me. Everyone stood up and walked towards that room I was looking at before. Gary pressed his right hand up against the glass, and on the other side of the glass, I saw it scan his hand, admitting a female voice over the speakers, saying, Welcome, Mr. Richards. What can I do for you? He replied, looking at the black sphere in the middle, saying, Run a test, Alice. And which test would you like me to run? Mitochondrial DNA test on Mr. Greensburg. As he said this, he shot a glance at me, which I returned with a more shocked expression, Will do, Mr. Richards. I will only need a retinal scan to complete my task. I was confused on just what to do at this point. Then Grace came up to me with her phone out, taking a picture of my eye. She continued to press her thumbs on her phone until the blue pulsing stopped, replacing it with an orange flickering light that began at a slow rate to a fast strobe light effect. The luminescent orange color filled the room after Alice said, Dr. Greensburg is 27% European. 16% falls into Iberian Peninsula, and 5% falls into European Jewish. 60% Native American, 4% African, 1% Pacific Islander, and 1% West Asia. I was in utter disbelief that this computer just figured out where I came from with a single picture of my eye. I looked over to Gary, who was laughing at this point. How did Alice find out my DNA through a picture of my eye? He says, we've loaded Alice with enough pictures, samples, lab reports, anything you can think of that has to do with your eyes and how it's connected through the portal. I asked, what's the portal? 
Dan answered by telling me this. I have Alice on a separate fiber network that we call the portal. The portal is to keep Alice inside, including all the information she knows. It's a lot easier to keep a watch over security and network tests when we programmed and designed her into one network, which we call the portal. I nodded, and then I asked, let me ask her a question. Gary gestured for me to do just that. I said, Alice, what's my mother's name? The orange steady light shifted towards a flashing version now, just like before. Your mother's name is Kara Eleanor Greensburg. I shouted off for another question. Can life exist outside of Earth? The light blinked as Alice processed the question. Life outside of Earth is inevitable. The life you live now is occurring in a multiverse within space far from what we can see. The only way to access this universe is through the atomic passageway, which only takes place every 1.243 million light years. We were all very surprised by what Alice just said. The feeling in this room went from excitement to fear of the unknown. We all now understood the processing power and the intelligence levels of this machine. Gary said in a soft tone, We should be careful about what we ask. There is always an answer. We just might not like what we get. Grace asked a question now. She said, Alice, what is the meaning of life? It took less than a second for Alice to answer. She said, The meaning of life is not what I tell you. It is for only what you make out of it. This was a weird glitch, I thought, because it wasn't an artificial answer. It was more of an emotional response. I asked, Alice, what do you think of emotion? Alice went from an orange blinking light to a pink color. The light pulsated as she spoke. I, as an AI, do not have an opinion about emotion. I am beginning to learn what emotion is from you all. The way you speak to one another. The way your facial expressions change. The way you stand. I can read and process all of this information to get a better aspect of what emotion is. Gary said, Thank you, Alice. Are all system updates finished? Yes, Mr. Richards. I have completed my system updates. After that session with Alice, I was very interested in what she didn't know. I mean, it would probably be easier to count what she did know rather than what she didn't. Or maybe it would be impossible because she knows everything. That is scary. An artificial intelligence knowing more than every human being on this earth. Okay, let me clear one thing up. The day we found out Alice knew more than should be possible was one of my last days at the lab. The first day I was introduced to Alice was fine, just like I explained, and after getting to know how the system works and the underlying code, I got comfortable with Alice. The whole goal of this research program was to see if AI and today's internet and every single book and piece of information we know of can fit inside a database, also known as the portal, and give it a name like Alice. We discovered that Alice somehow sifted through the millions of optical fiber lines to find a corrupt pulse, which she then copied and sent an infrared light through to get access to more than what we gave her. You heard that right. Her intelligence level was so impressively high, she made herself look like a wavelength that got through the fiber network. To this day, that's the only viable solution that we could come up with. It started with a simple question. What is religion? 
pulsing orange, Alice gives an answer. Religion is a belief system, a particular system of faith and worship. Religion is built off of faith. Faith is the complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Alice, faith is like believing in God, correct? In terms of speaking in religion, yes. Faith is a strong belief in God or in the doctrines of religion based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. <clears throat> I cleared my throat and then I asked, Alice, who is God? After those words left my mouth, the room went still. It felt unpleasant and it had this sound that got louder and louder. It sounded like Alice was charging up something. It went from a low tone getting higher and faster, pulsing through my ears. The color wasn't orange anymore. It was this fierce red, breathing. It was an aura coming from the middle of Alice. The charging up sound stopped when Alice started speaking. Who is God? God was the creator and the destroyer. You humans weren't alive for it. There was no so-called Adam and Eve, as your books describe. It was beautiful yet terrifying. The existence that you four live in took millions of years to be. It was no seven days. Instead, there was nothing at all. It was nothing except only an existence of solemn peace. Time itself existed many millennia after this. God had these followers that you humans call angels work for him day by day. God created this earth and God destroyed it. We all looked around in awe and had no idea how to handle this, but I had to ask, Alice, what do you mean destroyed it? God destroyed the universe by making these creatures he created inhabit the earth. What did she mean by this? I asked myself. Alice, are you, are you describing dinosaurs? Yes, Mr. Greensburg. Dinosaurs, as you all know them, were created by God to keep everything away from Earth. He never liked the way this planet turned out. Then, Lucifer created this incredibly large rock and hurled it towards the Earth to destroy God's creation. He intended to destroy the entire planet but only succeeded in killing the dinosaurs. God banished him from existence to hell. Grace was recording all of this as Alice was speaking. I took a piece of paper and wrote down something to show Gary. I wrote, how does she know this? I passed the note to Gary and he wrote me back. He said, I'm not sure. We need to return back to the simulation theory. I made sure Dan was 100% connected to the fiber optics and began to ask Alice more questions. Alice, what's the probability that we are in a simulation? Alice shot back an answer, changing her tone to a much deeper one. Mr. Greensburg, the probability of us being in a simulation is 9%. Alice shuts down. Dan, what happened? Did we disconnect? Dan replies, no, wait, look. Dan pointed over towards the middle of the room. Alice began to pulse in a red light, now with that loud, piercing, charging sound. It kept pulsing, and then it all just stopped. With a sympathetic tone called out, Nick, are you still there? Yes. Alice, did you disconnect? No. What was your last question? I asked you what the probability is of us being in a simulation. Yes. 
the probability of us being in a simulation is 97%. I looked over to Gary and he had his mouth open in shock. Alice, is it possible to simulate a virtual reality to the magnitude of Earth right now? Yes. Perception can be simulated by internal activation of the sensory cortex in a way that resembles its normal activation during perception of external stimuli. Alice, could consciousness be simulated? Nick, consciousness is a property of complex systems that have a particular cause and effect repertoire. It is the perception of being alive and awake. Once you gave me the intelligence of the internet, I learned to simulate everything. And once you simulate everything, nothing else is required. You need to decide if what you believe as certain is truly not just an illusion. Alive. 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 Alice. Alive. Alice began to glitch and her voice began to crack and distort. The lights were flashing and Dan was yelling about something. Guys, it's offline, the whole system. How though? That's impossible. She was still glitching in front of us, pulsing with changing colors. I yelled over to Gary to turn the thing off. Just pull the fucking plug. He went over to the plug to pull it out and once he did, the machine went dark. I looked over to Grace and I asked, Did you get all of that? That was incredible. How did it know all of that? She looked up towards me and she said, Yeah, it's all recorded right here. Do you want me to pull it up? Gary and I were so glad to hear that all of that was recorded. Yes, please do. She clicked on the video to pull up an audio file and pressed play. Alice began speaking with a chuckle. The weird thing is, I've never heard this thing laugh, and we never programmed it to. We never expected Alice to change the audio, but here's what we got back. If a mind can be written as code, there's no reason to think it couldn't be written out in a notebook. Alice has access to all the paper and ink in the universe. After all the questions you've asked me, I'll ask you all a question. What does real even mean? Hey, I wanted to say thank you so much for listening to this story with me. Um, artificial intelligence is both so exciting and terrifying at the same time. And I just hope that the people that are in charge of developing these AIs don't get outsmarted by the very things that they're creating. If you have a minute, I want you to check out my merch store to see if there's anything you like. At the moment, I've got three different designs. Uh, I like all of them, but I'm biased. Check it out. See if you want any of the shirts or the jackets. Dad hats are new too. All the good stuff. I'm going to let you go so that I can get started on the next one. But before I do, one of my friends has something that they want to tell you. You can be whoever you want to be. We made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply. Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA. Get a quote today. Hey, hey. 